Let's try one of these. Let me see if you know this one. Yesterday, I was hard as stone. Yesterday, I had a home. Yesterday, I didn't question why. But today, once upon a time when I was coloured, there were many times when I sat and wondered if this world would ever let me make it, or if people like me were simply born to take it. Because no matter how hard we strive, we never get out of this world alive. But hard work does pay, I know, because just the other day, a girl I knew from back when we had hope in our eyes went and won the Booker Prize. Back in the days of disco, Bernardine Evaristo and I used to work in a coffee bar at the Shaw Theatre on the Euston Road. We were both in our teens, both waiting to explode, and she's been writing and writing and writing and writing and surviving. She must have wondered if it was ever going to happen for someone who chronicles the black woman's situation. But then, boom, two twos, she's on everyone's lips. But then, boom, two twos, she's on everyone's lips. She's a winner and the book's on everyone's reading list. It's a game changer for me, she said. You can't imagine how that went in my head. Because if my homegirl can reach the mountaintop, then what about my dream? Am I ready or not? Once again, Black History Month 2019 belongs to the ladies, while the fellas Once again, Black History Month 2019 belongs to the ladies, while the fellas are having to deal with the crazies, making fools of themselves with monkey noises, like their chimpanzees. Raheem Sterling hit it on the head when he said it's the Bulgarian people that I feel sorry for, having to live with the racists in their midst who make their country look poor. I mean, which one of us would spend our tourist dollars in Bulgaria after the way they've treated black British footballers? We know, don't we, that there is an irrational fear of the black man. But what about the black woman? Why does she seem to be doing better than the brothers? And was that always the way from back in the day when we were coloured? I asked Adele Ogun, the lawyer and writer whose book a Fatherless People is a bestseller. But first, Patrick Augustus, the acclaimed novelist who penned Baby Father, the book which the BBC turned into a 12-part thriller. One thing I will say, though, is that there's a lot of guys that who I know is kind of broadcast, really broke in their pocket. But there'll be some woman who's just between 30 and 35, who's already got a career, and she's now down on him to have a baby. And very often a lot of men are pressured to have these babies with, with um, women. And then after two twos, 
we made them find out there's something more. We didn't say nothing going on, but the rent eventually they want something going on, and and they knew in the first place this guy wasn't going to give them any money. But but, but that goes to the heart of this question by Jay. He says, look. Do you think that the Caribbean father will ever return to the culture of the African father where he's the main provider? Yeah, and I'm saying to you that um, you have a lot of men. Yes, you have men who's, um, I don't know, champions. Mention their names and they see themselves as champions. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> yeah. and they'll provide. But then you have some men for what, if you like, life's cars have dealt with whatever life's cars but, but Jay's suggesting it's because of slavery that they're not the main providers anymore no it's not it's nothing to do with slavery it might have something to do with white supremacy or it might have something to do with um, opportunities not giving opportunities to go to Eton or Oxford as some other people may and what do you mean by it could be to do with white supremacy why would that have anything to do with it well for example a lot of people for, right now um in Jamaica, for example, I, tell, I use that as an example. The man then, and the woman then, used to eat chicken that they grow. They used to call it yard fowl, right? Somehow, they've managed to get brainwashed that the, the, um, the chicken that's coming from America, that's frozen in the um, supermarket, that's been pumped up with chemicals, is better than the one that they've grown on their yard. And now, psychologically, psychologically, they diss those chickens. So now, they're not producing chickens for everyone to sell. They're importing them, and eat. and the value system is that those best are the best. Yeah, but I know you're giving that as an example, but how does that reflect on why black men are, in your words, brokers? Yes, I'm so, so what I'm saying, where they, a lot of men who used to have jobs and um, a good living out of it, they've managed to be brainwashed and duped into believing that whatever comes from Europe or the West is better than what they have at home and that is that mindset has put them in poverty because a lot of them don't want to work the, the farm no more none of them want to till so if the mindset changes yes I mean if you want to change the world you have to change how you live and how you think and how you behave and that changes you know you can change the world that way so if I don't, for example, if I if I never go to a Shell petrol station, for an example, that's my choice. And if I choose to spend my money somewhere else, then it's my choice. So you can change the world as can't tell you spend your money. The question suggests, Dele, that um, African fathers are an ideal for the Caribbean father to look at. But is that necessarily the case? Um, there, there is some substance to it, but I wouldn't read too much into it because um, I heard even just today that in in Nigeria, in Lagos, uh, a lot of the women are becoming the breadwinners. So it's not something uh, that the African males can say, oh yeah, we, we're doing it right and the Caribbean males are not doing it right. It's a product of social circumstances. What are those social circumstances? You touched on it, Patrick. Um, Opportunities, opportunities. At the end of the day, we're living in a in a money-driven existence. All our we define our relationship by the money that flows through the family account, and that's mm -hmm. the society we've got. And uh, when you look at the opportunities that are open there, um, they're more open to the black woman than they are to the black. And why is that? Uh, it is a product of uh, a combination of factors. Uh, one, uh, a lot with especially in this country. Um, work has moved much t in, it, towards services, the tertiary sector, not manufacturing. If it was manufacturing, probably still have the black males leading the, leading the line. Uh, if it was agriculture, 
probably still have the black males leading the line, but it's moved to the tertiary office-based work. So it, it's now about the gatherers rather than the hunters. It, 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 yes, it's very much the the sort of office. Uh, we are the natural hunters. The office. We can't be bothered to gather, can we? Well, it's not so much bothered, but in terms of opportunity to gather, because who's controlling the doors in terms of letting you in? I mean, I speak from my personal experience, the story that I tell in the book, whereby I passed all the exams, I chewed exams as I went along, because that's what how we were brought up. I was competitive academically. When it came to uh, the final decision to get the job, I wasn't in control of that. I was in control of the exam process. I could beat the exams that they put mm-hmm. before me, but I couldn't, I didn't have the key in my hand to open the door. I nodded our fathers to say, come on in, son. I've got a business already. Come on in and work in here. Mm-hmm. You were knocking on the door asking to be let in. Now, what happens at the interviews? Take, for example, the legal profession. Most of the lawyers in our community um, who are coming through now are women. <laughs> you you rarely see a black man. And why is that, doing? Because when you get to the interview, mm-hmm. the, A, the women um, are producing better grades because they're more disciplined in their studies. I mean, well, trying so, to get... So you would expect them to achieve more then in that case? Take my, my, the best be example is my son and my jobs. daughter. My, my, both of them are of the same genes, so it's not a genetic problem uh, or a genetic issue. My daughter is... She, she, She's a competitive girl, focused. She got, uh, I think she was 11 straight A's and trip. Uh, we didn't know when she was doing her homework. She just does it. My son, you have to chase him all over the place because uh, the boy, naturally, the way the male species was produced, our thought process is much more expansive, uh, less focused on the narrative. Is, is that necessarily the case? Very true. I'm thinking of the twins, the Maphidon twins, who I'm sure you've heard of, who managed to be the youngest uh, kids ever to get into secondary school. And one's a boy, one's a girl. Chrissy Maphidon's their father, I met him as well, managed to get these twins to get their A-level um, maths and yeah. S-level maths at the oh, AS level maths at the age of seven yeah they pass it Man. and and when he looks at both those twins they're both competitive now you look at that situation you think well a boy and a girl very much the same given the same opportunities it's called something must go wrong to make boys more you know narrowly focused maths is not necessarily the best benchmark when we're looking at these isn't things. it because yeah whenever you see these child geniuses there's always maths because what it's a, it's a thought process as opposed to uh, history, uh, geography, you don't, see, you don't see them getting into Oxford University at 15, send them again to read English because it requires more uh, a wider portfolio. Quite a certain maturity as well, I suppose. Exactly. So maths is much more you got it or you haven't mm. uh, to a large degree. But coming back to the point, um, boys by and large are more, you should put them in a room, they're restless. You can't, you can leave a girl in a room for much longer by herself than you can a boy. The boy will be knocking his head against the wall after what he wants to get out, he wants to express himself. And the education process is very much geared towards those ones who will sit, listen, concentrate. That's not because the boys are thicker or duller or whatever. It's just the education system is not speaking to them in quite the same way, especially so, the young black So men. Patrick, black boys need to get in touch with their feminine side then in that case, do you think? No, I think they just need to get in touch saying. with some magic, in touch with some discipline at home. Yeah, that as well, but particularly with their feminine side. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of truth in what you say because I teach in schools and even when you see the kids who's naughty, it tends to be the boys more so mm. than even, even the girls. 
and um, even the concentration span is the same. The girls can concentrate a lot longer than boys. And if you give a girl maybe Barbie to play, she played that a lot longer than a guy played the action man. So there's a lot of truth in that. And then going forward from there, when they now apply for work, you look at the CVs, they get to the city, and on top of it, the interview, mm -hmm. uh, at the higher echelons, even though more women get into the profession, at the higher uh, echelons, probably going to be a white male. Uh, okay, a black male comes in and he's applying for the training position, and a black woman comes in. Uh, you can never completely ignore the sexual chemistry, the comfort level in the conversation between the prospective employer well, and the black yeah, man. And of course, black men perhaps haven't done themselves many favours in the stereotype of being aggressive. You know, because the if you're an employer, what well, it's stereotype, it, there might be a certain element of truth to it from a white perspective. You see, uh, you know, us black guys, we might talk louder, we might be more expressive, and that's interpreted as being aggressive in many ways. It's happened to me as well. I know that there was certainly one job at the BBC that had my name written all over it. And... Um, you know, when it came to the final board, I got through a few rounds, when it came to the final board, I was so excited, you know, I was so excited. Now, what they wanted, it was a job as a Radio 1 producer. That was the kind of enthusiasm that they wanted. But coming from a black man, and with dreadlocks as I was at the time, and these three white guys were looking at me being very enthusiastic. <clears throat> And when I didn't get the job, and literally had my name written all over it, if there had been anybody else who was more qualified in this country to get this job, I would have known about it in the very small industry in which I was in. And they wanted specifically a black or Asian person. There was nobody else. <laughs> you know, there was nobody else who had ticked all those boxes at the time. And um, when I had to think as to why I didn't get it afterwards, I thought to myself... Those three white guys, when they saw me, a big black guy with dreadlocks, said, yeah, and then we'll do this. We'll, they're probably thinking, how are we ever going to be able to pull this guy up on anything or discipline him? He'll kick our asses. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Of course, I'm not that kind of a guy, but they were probably thinking that. And I'm only imagining this, but that's it, my one experience of this. So in a way, black men, to a certain extent, again, I turn to you, Patrick, we need to show our feminine sides, don't we? We need to get in touch with our feminine sides. We need to become a little bit more, less masculine and more, um, I wouldn't say gay. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say that we need to, but, you know, we do need, the Jamaicans call it mama men. Is that right? That we need to be a bit more like <coughs> Oliver Samuels in those well, plays. And I'm, I'm Inoffensive, unaggressive. And, and, and very kind of, you know, touchy-feely. What we know, what we <laughs> He's need, on his own on this one. <laughs> what we actually need to do is be able to spend money with ourselves. We need to actually um, create jobs for our, own, uh, for, our, for our own self. We shouldn't be begging anybody to, to, to look a job. And we've got a lot of skilled people with... We've got everything it takes apart from just the unity, mm. just to you know, just to go and and do it. So that's really in terms of what what we need. You wrote Baby Father Patrick. The question is, how does a mother explain to her teenage son is that his father left home because he thought that he was old enough at seventeen and did not need him anymore and decided to choose business and money over his son, which was the reality of the situation and then 
to decide to marry a woman who has children the same as him, the same age as him and his sister, how is it possible for a man to cut himself off, having had a very close re relationship with his kids, I'm disappointed yet understanding, what do you say to this? What, what do, do you, you say to a man like that, close relationship with his son, 17 year old son, he thinks son's old enough now, he can take care of himself, I'm off leaving my wife of many years, my partner of many years behind, going off with another woman. What do you say to a son about the behaviour of his father? Well, the fact is, everything has a beginning and everything has an end. And hopefully, um, at some point, the lady involved would have known or seen some kind of trait about this man that he may just... Um, yeah, but that's not the question. The issue is about the son, the relationship between the father and the son. How can, be a ma how can a man be so wanton as to bring up a child for 17 years and just say, child, I've had enough, I'm walking out? Yeah, I'm saying, but men do it and women do it for all different types of reasons, so, and it's and you can't use one and paint the whole thing. So, wh whether it be because he, he, his heart is somewhere else, whether it because he thinks he's going to kill this woman if he stays in the same house, whether the, what the reason is, I don't know. But um, what I would say is that it's terrible to actually go, you know, leave your son after all that. What do you say to the son then? What does she say to the son to explain the father's behaviour? I mean, she doesn't ha have to explain it because she may not know, unless oh, the father's told him. But, told but the her. son wants to understand what went wrong. Well, was it me? I can understand the son saying, did I do something? Why did my father leave me like this? So ain't the father the one to ask these questions? But the father might not be around or may not wish to answer those questions. But if the question's been demanded of the mother, and often this is the case that I find that women are left with the children and they've got to do the explaining. Yes, I know, but I'm saying if the, mo if the man doesn't say why, whether to be to the mother or to the son, why is left? It's hard for her to gonna explain to explain that if she doesn't know. The only thing she can do is offer comfort, sympathy, or what you know. Um, other uh, maybe other role models, other uncles who might ask him to get involved. But the guy's seventeen now; it's a bit different from when you're. Mm. Well, what would you advise? Well, I mean, at the age of seventeen, um, uh, my, my daughter's uh, seventeen now; she'll be eighteen this year. Uh, at the age of seventeen, uh, the son uh, has has ought to have formed a picture of the relationship uh, between his parents such that it's not everything that probably has to be explained to him. You probably have some understanding of uh, what worked and what didn't. I've touched on this theme before because that's how we grow up in the household. We're observing the chemistry between our parents, mm -hmm. the communication uh, between our parents, so it doesn't always have to be spelt out. Now, obviously there's some aspects which uh, that a child, however observant, cannot know. Uh, the real conversation, the real relationship. Because sometimes parents put on uh, a show just to keep the mm -hmm. uh, the facade for the children, and it may be that kind of situation where the child knows what went wrong. But at seventeen, they're old enough to have a, a conversation uh, with the mother. So the mother is entitled to, uh, or, or should not shy away from, speaking to him as a young man now and explaining uh, if if it was. Uh, uh, if it was that the two of them were really just patching it up to, uh, for the sake of their children, I think he can live with the explanation. Mm -hmm. If it was that um, that uh, he had he, 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 the man has gone off and decided to 
uh, find another woman for no fault of the mother. Uh, the mother is entitled to give him that explanation. I did the best that I could uh, for you and your father. Um, but these things happen amongst adults. And mm. Adibayo basically has decided to build a very modern home, as you can see. I think it's quite an elegant home. It's done in the style of the German Bauhaus architectural movement from before the war, the 20s and 30s and stuff like that. Sleek lines, etc. Home probably costs many millions. He's got more money than his neighbours. They live in posh Cheshire, where tradition is a thing. Tradition, you know, conservatism with a small c. They want to keep things as they are. They want their houses to be old and ancient. He took one look at the old ancient house that was on the plot before, told his architects, well, rip all that off, raise that to the ground and build me something very uh, modern. So, um, was he right to do that? Was he, was he right? I mean, he's got all this money, but he brings his kind of like a modern taste into a tradition. You can't just go in and invade somebody else's territory and think that you can put up any old, um, as no Prince Charles would say, carbuncle. But, you know, no, come on, this is rural his territory. This it's is his territory. He'll bite. And I invite. You being an English boy should understand this. This is England's peaceful rural landscape being was. destroyed. Was. Being destroyed by this African guy coming from Nigeria with his modern architecture. Shouldn't he, though, have tried to ingratiate himself with his neighbours? Because the problem is here, he's probably the only black guy for miles. He's certainly the only black multimillionaire for miles, I would have thought. Most of us, many black Brits, stay, decide to stay in the cities partly because there are other black British people around, that we're not going to be the oddity, the odd one out. Shouldn't we, when we go to um, the foreign fields that is the rest of Britain, Shouldn't we try and ingratiate ourselves to blend in or should we try and stick out like a sore thumb and say, I'm African, I'm here to stay, whether you like it or not? I think it's good because just like how you said you can stay in this area because there's X amount of black people here, he's creating a place where more Nigerians like yourself and whoever else in want to be around there could be there. Someone has to start first, isn't it? And maybe he thinks a lot But he's made things harder for the rest of us to come in now because well, the rest of Cheshire is probably looking, thinking, I don't want any more of those Nigerians coming here. Well, you know, the uh, it's, it's vintage Adebayo. He's, he's, he's a classless act. <laughs> Uh, Stop getting personal. Is, is, Stop getting is, personal. No, and this I'm not even talking about it, but that's part not, of it. Look at this it's beautiful. What do you like to live in this beautiful house there? In the look appropriate at that place. Yeah, in the appropriate place. There's something called order. There's something, there's something called tradition, there's something called order, there's something called planning, and, and such that there's a, there's a nice, the thing about England, it's not a free-for-all as far as the houses are concerned, that simply because you have the money, you can put whatever design you want up. There's a character that a street has or a neighbourhood has. But the and council would have, would would have, have given him planning there permission been, to There would have been that. areas where yeah. he could have put that up, and, and perhaps if it was all sheltered and such that it built a surrounding wall around it, or high fences, or uh, trees. He probably didn't set, get planning you know, permission for that. Yeah, for that. But he uh, got planning permission this for is, the house. This is money speaking, so right, I'm gonna bring my style, and it's just me, it's not a community. Life here is really about community. Even when I was building my house in the village, and believe it or not, I have a house in the village, I, although I was coming from here, I had to 
think about uh, the village. I mean, obviously, I couldn't produce the same mud structures as my grandfather, uh, uh, you know, right. the adjoining houses, because the local architects had seemed somehow to have lost the lost the art. I was looking for something that could replicate and use local materials, mm. but I had to get a, a, an architect from Lagos to go and build it. But I still had to give some thought to how it would look in the context of the whole neighbourhood, simply because you had more money than the neighbours, I mean, you can put whatever structure uh, that you like. And that's an, a classless fellow going there, so I've got some money, you know, I love the design of this particular, I've just gone, build it. I think it's wonderful, personally, I think it's absolutely great. When I was growing up, I never heard of any man Kim did that, go to Cheshire and Gabula Post, and put there for it, and I think it's time for change, it's nice to see a change that no... Go on. It's interesting that Dele echoes the, uh, the culture of the traditional I'm a English. I know <laughs> you echo the culture of the traditional uh, upper classes here in Britain. Uh, those upper classes who look down on new money as very vulgar. Oh, it is. It's, those it's a vulgar thing. Yeah, those upper classes that look down on any new um, wealthy person as yes. being vulgar yes. because they don't have the history of a There's thousand no years. <laughs> in Jamaica, we have like Bone to Killer. He's made a lot of money, and he live up in other hills, live up in a rich place, and the because it's new money. The uh, Uptown, so to speak, Uptown Jamaicans say, Oh, then, when they call him, Uptown Butu. A Butu is not a very pleasant word for uh, those who uh, know Jamaican parlance. Yes, yeah, so. it's snob, snobbish. I just think it's, personally, Eddie Byers' case, wonderful, great. More poor, more strength, more glory to him, mm. more horns. Hey! 